you guys ever heard of the placebo effect? Okay, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with it, it typically comes up when they're talking about uh, like testing new drugs. So like they can't put new medicine out on the market without doing some testing to make sure that it actually works. So they have different groups to like see if it works. And there's always this, this control group where they say you're give, they're giving you the new medicine, but they're, they're, they're not. They're just giving you like a sugar tablet or something like that. And what scientists discovered is that from time to time, people in this control group who were not receiving the medicine suddenly got better. And the way they explain that is it's the placebo effect, where belief that something is happening seems to actually make it happen. And we could point at that as one of many examples to make the case that belief is powerful. Uh, which is why a rather famous soccer, uh, I mean football coach, has made it his mantra, I believe in belief. But over the, so over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be looking at the key things, the, the foundational beliefs of what we as Christians hold to. You can kind of think of it as like the spark notes of Christianity. This is the, the gist, the basics. But before we can do that, we, we need to have a conversation about what belief actually is, or it's more religious uh, substitute faith. And to do that, I want us to look at three things uh, rather briefly tonight. I want us to look at why we need belief, uh, how do we go about believing in something, and why the object of our belief matters. Okay? So, why do we need belief? Uh, and right off the bat, we, we need to define what we mean by belief. Because what we sometimes hear when we say belief is make-believe or, or wishful thinking. It's the thing that you hope will happen. And of course, there's nothing wrong with having dreams, but let's, let's be honest. Typically, dreams do not come true. Unless you're a rather realistic dreamer, and that's just kind of an oxymoron. And, and that's why it's been said that religion or belief in general is the, the opiate of the masses, that belief, they say, is the thing that people cling to as a way to feel better about life, uh, to help them get through the, the dreary, dull, and disturbing days of their life. It's a crutch. It's a crutch that helps you move forward in life and put a positive spin on things. Here's the thing, though. Belief doesn't alter reality. Belief is an attempt to explain reality. See, all of life's biggest questions, uh, why am I here? Uh, why are things so messed up? What am I supposed to do with my life? What happens when I die? All of these questions, you have to look outside of yourself and your experience to actually find answers to them. And so belief is an explanation of reality. It's the answer key that helps us make stuff, make sense of the stuff that's going on around us. It's kind of abstract. Let me try to illustrate it as best I can. So in the musical Hamilton, which some of you know I love very much. So in, in Hamilton, there's a song where Hamilton is, is writing back and forth with his sister-in-law, Angelica. Uh, and, and up to this point in the musical, they've had quite the chemistry, and she's writing to him about this correspondence she received a few weeks ago because she noticed a comma in the middle of a phrase. Uh, he had written, my dearest Angelica, with a comma after dearest. And she wants to know, was that intentional? Uh, was he expressing his undying love for her, saying that she is the dearest to him of all people? Or did he just put the comma in the wrong spot? And it's just a comma, right? It's just a simple 
comma, but catch this, what she believes about her relationship with Alexander determines what that comma means. See, her belief is the answer key to whether it is a randomly placed comma or very intentional. And guys, we have to realize that there are a lot of commas in our lives. There are a lot of seemingly random things that happen to us, and we all need belief, an answer key to make sense of the stuff that goes on in our lives. That's why everyone believes in something but, but what exactly does that look like? What, what shape does belief take in a person's life? Well, you can think of belief kind of like a three-legged stool. Um, the first leg, you have knowledge. Like you have to know about something to believe in it. So you need knowledge. It's the first leg. The second leg of the stool is agreement. Uh, you can't just know the facts. You have to agree with them. You have to accept those facts to be true. But then there's this third leg that we kind of forget about, and it's that you have to trust or depend on that thing. Uh, And you have to have all three for the the faith stool uh, to really work. Uh, Let me me try to illustrate what I mean by that. Uh, Guys, if you could come up. I could use your help. You know who you are. Okay, so I, I am currently standing on the edge of the stage. It's not high, Right? I think it's about three feet, but it's high enough that if I were to fall backwards, I would be going to the hospital tonight. Uh, but, 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 but I, I, I see that there are six guys standing here, and they all look pretty, oh wait, two, four, six, seven, seven guys standing here, even better. And they look very strong. Yeah, a little closer. Uh, thank you. I, so, like, you'll, you'll catch me, right? Okay, now, now, right now, do I have faith in them? No, no, because I have information, right? Uh, I, I can see them, right? And, and I agree, they look strong. Well, now I'm concerned, but uh, I have agreement, right? I, like, I agree, like, they, they should be able to catch me. But it's not until, catch me, it's not until I turn around, I'm going to close my eyes, and I lean back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Floor, floor. Oh. Round of applause for them. Oh, round of applause for them. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It, it, it's, not until, it's not until I lean backwards, until I can't catch myself, do I actually have faith in them. See, faith always has a level of risk to it. Uh, if you are wrong, then you will experience harm or you'll look like a fool. Uh, belief is putting all of your eggs in a particular basket. It's saying, if this thing doesn't work, if, I, if this thing doesn't catch me, then I'm screwed. And, and, and that should illustrate quite well to you why the object of belief matters. See, sometimes we'll talk about the quantity of belief as if that is the important thing. That, that if you really, truly believe in it, that's all that really matters. And that's, that's dumb. Like, okay, what if I had put this plant down instead of my seven friends? Now, I could say, I really believe that that very fragile orchid is going to catch me and keep me from harm. I'd be heading to the hospital right now. Because the object of your faith, the object of your belief matters. It needs to be able to sustain you through any fall or hardship 
that you might experience. But here's the thing. Nothing destroys belief more than hardship. Watch someone who believes that they are a good person and therefore deserve good things. Watch as bad things happen to them and their belief just shatters. They have no clue what to do. That's because their answer key doesn't work and they spiral out of control. This is the tricky thing, the tension with belief. We need it to withstand a barrage of pain and hardship, and yet pain and hardship are typically the things that destroy it. And so we need to find an answer key that somehow works regardless of the difficulty that we face. And that's why the text we read this evening is so remarkable. Paul starts out by declaring that God has a plan, that he works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's what we believe as Christians, that, that, that God will care and carry us through no matter what. My guess is that Paul imagined that there was someone in the back going, yeah, but if that's true, why is all this bad stuff happening? What, what about all this suffering and hardship? Doesn't that prove that God isn't going to catch you? To which Paul says, you know, you're right. We are experiencing hardships and famine and danger and even death, but, but these things don't invalidate our belief. Despite of all these things, we can be utterly convinced. We can put all of our eggs in the Jesus basket because he gave himself for us. Paul, in, Paul in effect, says, I don't know why these things happen, but I know what the answer is not. It's not that God doesn't love and care for us. And we know that's true because of Jesus. Um, p- potentially one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is, is Romans 8.32, where, where he says that, that he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? The assurance that God will care for us, that he loves us, is seen wholly and fully in Jesus, that he gave Jesus on our behalf. And so, so here's the point. Here's where we're going to try to land the plane tonight. Belief matters. You need to believe in something to get through life. And the thing that you choose to believe in will either make or break you. And, and so in this series, in the next few weeks, I want to show you what the right thing is. I want to show you what thing will catch you. I want to make sure that you know what our only hope is in life and death is. Yes.